Caleb Shainer. Yes, sir. Are you ready to start this show? I am ready. <laughs> okay. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to By the Campfire with the Barrises. I'm your host, Landon Barris, and I have a very special guest on tonight, which is, uh, I'd like to introduce him as an old friend of mine. We went to Bible College together, seminary over there in uh, Benton, Arkansas at Victory Baptist Church, Blessed Hope Bible College slash seminary. And today is Caleb Shainer. Welcome aboard. Yay. <laughs> this is a yay. <laughs> Would be so exciting. <laughs> oh, man. I'm, I'm just, what an honor to be here with Landon. <laughs> I appreciate honor. that, man. Appreciate that. <laughs> Caleb is in uh, Lusk, Wyoming. So this is the very first podcast we are actually doing. You could say a Zoom call, I suppose. Uh, Caleb is not with me in the studio today. He is in Lusk, Wyoming. So obviously we're doing this over the phone. Uh, we've ran into some technical difficulties, but so far so good. Going on almost a few, almost a minute now. So hopefully we'll get this thing rolling pretty good. Yeah, we're rednecking it here. We're rednecking it here. <laughs> uh, Caleb, uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? You know, um, I know you're a young preacher. I know you're a young youth minister. Um, you you married or got any wife or kids? Yes, I am married to one wife. She is very gorgeous and beautiful. One wife? Yeah, just one. <laughs> That's all I need. I hear you. <laughs> no, um, no, my beautiful wife, Rachel, of three years going on four. And I've got three little boys. Well, two. Uh, Two, two out and one in. Oh, <laughs> really? Yep. So, uh, my oldest, Elliot's two. My uh, second son, Easton, he is one. And the other one is still in the oven, uh, Eric. Wow, and, uh, man. His birth date is about April 22nd, so we're pretty excited. Awesome, man. Awesome. So, you're a young guy with a young family. Golly, man. Congratulations. Thanks. Golly. So, Caleb, you... um. Tell me a little bit about your backstory. You, um, you're a young Christian man. Uh, have you always been a Christian? Uh, I wasn't until the age of seven. Really? Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, yeah. So, yeah, I got saved when I was seven years old um, in children's church. Is that right? On a, yeah, on a Sunday. And so uh, back in 2000, I want to say 2000. Two, I think I was, yeah, trying to do the math in my head, but yep, wow, <laughs> I was about seven, eight years old. So, <laughs> yep. so Caleb, your dad's a preacher, right? Yes, 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 he is. Um, actually, he's a church planter, um, turned a pastor. Uh, he started two churches. Um, we lived in Basin, Wyoming. Uh, we moved here. Lord called my dad to start a church in Basin, Wyoming, uh, right there in the Bighorn Mountains over by Yellowstone. Really? And yeah, yeah, it was a very beautiful place. I bet, um, man. So we started a church there in, back in 2001, and then we moved to Lusk, Wyoming. We were there for about four years, and then uh, so we moved to Lusk, Wyoming, 
and we uh, started a church here. And my dad uh, just kind of, we've been here in Los Wyoming for about 13 years. Really? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so, you know, my dad started the second church here and um, we've been in Wyoming for about 20 years. So my dad's been a pastor for about 20 years. That's awesome, man. So Caleb, what, um, what are your goals? You know, you're a young preacher, uh, you're a young youth minister is, um, is preaching and youth ministry always going to be what you want to do? Or do you eventually want to be a pastor or, or, you know, what's, what's your goals in life? What do you, what do you want to do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm not called to be a pastor at, yet. I mean, the Lord okay. can call me to be anything and he's actually, you know, in uh, scripture even says, you know, we're all called to be uh, ministers of the gospel. You know, we're all to spread the gospel. And um, as Christians, that's kind of our, our job is to share the right. gospel with others and to proclaim uh, God's word. And so, uh, so in that aspect, yes, I'm called to be a, pa- uh, a preacher, <laughs> um, but as a pastor, not, not God hasn't called me uh, to be one um, to work with teenagers. Um, yeah, God has called me to work with teenagers uh, I, on multiple levels. Wherever he leads, I, I follow. Um, whether it's yeah. in a classroom setting in a church, teaching the, you know, teaching the word, or it's um, uh, on day-to-day basis, mentoring teenagers. You know, talking to them, taking them out, take, get them a drink from a store and just sitting with them, talking. Um, you know, just, just kind of helping them through life uh, is kind of what God has called, called, put upon my heart you know, in that aspect. So I do have a heart for teenagers. Well, you know, it's, it's like me, you know, I, you know, I, I begged God to call me to, to be a pastor. I really did. Um, But he never answered that call. You know, he just, but I've, I've always had a desire to do youth ministry. And I guess, I guess why is because, you know, I'm a young guy like you. uh, And when I got out of youth, um, a lot of my friends, you know, they went one way, they either stayed in church and continued to serve the Lord or they didn't, you know, it was just mm-hmm. one way or the other. And, um, and after I went to Bible college, after I went to seminary and that's where I met you and several of other, of our colleagues, um, that's where it really made a big impact in my life. And, and, you know, you, you start to realize, you know, especially as you get, you know, slightly older, you know, I'm 23 now I was 18 back then, mm-hmm. but you start to realize how many how many people our generation has never been in church? They've never been to VBS. Um, they've never even heard the word of the gospel before. And, you know, I don't, I don't you know, if you've listened to my other podcast, um, I go into detail about how, how our parents' generation, you know, they've been involved in church before they grew up in church and, and most certainly our grandparents were definitely involved in church, mm-hmm. but you know, our generation is one of the very first generation that has really never been in church and they've never experienced, you know, that, um, that, that kind of environment, you know, that Christian loving, uh, um, Christ, you know, surrounded by Christ and you know, other Christians, you know, environment. And they've never just been in church. And I think there's a major disconnect we have. So that's, you know, and, and, you know, what I want to do is kind of bring people back into church, especially these young folks uh, like myself, 
um, you know, this past year we've seen, my goodness, we've seen so much, you know, of the burning of the buildings and rioting and, you know, I mean, people just desperate for answers, people looking for, for, for a solution and they just haven't seemed to find it, you know, they can't, they can't find it anywhere. And of course you and I both know that that solution is, is Christ is Jesus. Right. But, um, and that, you know, this is kind of like my ministry, you know, I'm also a youth leader, they, they, you know, youth pastor, however you want to call it. Um, but I also do this podcast to, to reach other folks. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I have a, uh, I have a, I have a, just a desire to serve God. And at least as of right now, um, be a youth pastor and at least I can minister and, and teach other kids and, um, and people like my myself, you know, um, you know, share with them the word of God. You know, what 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 little I know of. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, but you know, Caleb, I was looking, I was studying the word of God, and kind of looking into um, into the young man and the young woman. You know, the younger generation, and I came up came across a couple verses. Uh, you probably know them. They're they're in Proverbs. Uh, chapter one and it's verse eight and um let me i'll read them to you if you don't mind i don't mind uh, at all yeah maybe we can talk about it a little maybe i got, I got I, my bible love, out i'm ready oh do you how oh, awesome man look at you go <laughs> typical christian <laughs> I know. it's just sitting around the counter you know right there your where your coffee table is Right. By the way, do you have a cup of coffee with you? I do. I do. Dude, <laughs> same yeah. here. Cheers over over the phone. Right, you know? right, right. Mm. Celebratory sip. There you go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I'm learning. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Caleb, you know, in, in, in Proverbs chapter one, uh, We'll just start in verse eight and, you know, I'll, I'll read them off to you and I'll kind of talk about it. And I'd love to hear if you have, you know, your opinion on these words of the gospel. Sure. Here it is. It says, um, chapter one, verse eight, uh, my son, hear the instructions of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother for they shall be an anoint, uh, an anointment of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. Verse 10, my son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. If they say, come with us, let us lie, wait for blood. Let us lurk privately for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them up alive as they grave and whole. As those that go down to the pit, we shall find all precious substance. We shall fill our house with spoils. This is this is this next verse in chapter 14. This is where I find most interesting. It's kind of weird, but bear with me. Okay. It says, cast in thy lot among us. Let us all have one purse. My son, walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path. You know, Caleb, it's it's kind of interesting. This is, you know, this is a father and a mother, you know, kind of. Te- you, you could look at this verse as parents teaching their son not to get involved with other young people that are involved with these things. You know, it talks about staying, staying out late and lurking in the dark and, you know, looking for mischief. Um, But there's one thing that really caught my mind, caught my eye, really. 
And it was verse 14 where it says, cast thy lot uh, among us. Let us all have one purse. You know, that kind of sounds like, um, in my opinion, I don't know what you believe, but in my opinion, it almost sounds like that's a game. You know how gangs work? You know, they're kind of, they're, you know, all betterment for the gang. You know, the gang gets together and, you know, the crew and they, they ride together and they, uh, they sell drugs and they do this and do that and they steal, but they all have money together. There's no really separate things. You know, this whole, these, these eight verses almost sounds like parents warning their son against a gang, you know? And, and I wonder, you know, I've always wondered why young people tend to turn away from God and go to these gangs, you know, and, and, and what is it, Caleb? Is it just the excitement? Is it the rebellion or, you know, what, what is it? What, what is it that these young people, if they were raised in church or not, what is it that gets them to go into that worldly path rather than God? What, what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, one word comes to mind, acceptance. Um, hmm. You know, as a teenager, you know, myself, you can you relate. You, you were a teenager once, those listening. Um, whether you're a teenager or you're, you're an adult, you're, you were a teenager or are a teenager. And, you know, you always have that in the back of your mind. And even as adults, even, it's not just teenagers. Um, but we all want to be accepted in some way or fashion. Um, we look for acceptance in love. We look for acceptance in uh, just uh, through maybe our own personalities. Um, you know, that that's why you see a huge surge um, on like social media networks, stuff like that. Young, young people and even those that are doing, you know, you, you see them on YouTube all the time doing uh, dumb things and stuff like that. It, I mean, it's for fun, <laughs> but it's I mean, again, it's it's for acceptance. They want to be accepted. They, they'll, they'll do almost anything just to get views. Um, you know, and it is, it's all about in today's society, it's all about acceptance. It's all about, um, you know, who loves me more, you know, and, and, you know, right. and I think that's, that's kind of where the church has been failing, um, especially in youth groups, um, by just maybe not accepting the person, you know, Right, uh, right. The teenager or anything like that in a youth group. Uh, teenage years can be hard. I was homeschooled, so I don't know how public school was uh, or is. Um, but from what I, you know, understand and have seen just through uh, being a youth leader, stuff like that, and being in my own uh, youth group when I was a teenager, um, you know, it, it's pretty interesting. It's all about clicks. Right. It's all about where Absolutely. can I fit in? Where can I, uh, who's going to accept me for, for, for who I am. And you usually get in your own little groups. <laughs> and so, and that's where that kind of leads into gangs even, you know, uh, and, and, and again, it all comes down and, you know, you, we pulled out these, these eight verses here and, you know, and it says in verse eight, my son, hear the instruction of thy father, forsake not the law of thy mother. So here we already see the 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 the, the instructing of the parents to the child. Right. You know, they're 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 teaching them what's right, what's wrong, what's moral, what's immoral. They're, they're instructing them and not to forsake them, but to hear, but to understand and but to and to to, to hold on to them. And verse nine uh, fortifies verse eight 
uh, for they shall be an ornament of grace unto the head and chains about thy neck, you know, and th that's just to be, to have it close to you, to understand it, um, to hold on to it. Uh, verse 10, my son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not, you know, again, it goes all down to acceptance. It goes all down to, to, uh, you know, I don't feel loved here. I feel more loved here. Um, but again, you know, sinners, the world is going to be more enticing, <laughs> you know, Absolutely. the devil, it will try to draw you away from the Lord and he'll use anything, anything, music, uh, clothing, uh, yeah, uh, just the next fat, you know, he will use right. to, to try to draw you in. And so, uh, that's what the parents were instructing, you know, to consent, not to, to if a sinner entices thee. You know, if the world tries to draw you in to to not even consider that. And so but uh, and then 11, 12, you know, you you'll see the the guess kind of the penalty that you will pay the price you will pay if you let the world entice you. Right. Um, but, yeah, it goes down to casting that, you know, verse number 10 or 14, excuse me, um, back to the gangs. You know, again, I have never been a part of a gang. <laughs> I have never really been around a gang. Right. Um, being in a small town here in uh, the cowboy state, we we don't experience that much. <laughs> sure. So again, it ain't like cows. Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, again, so you know, I don't have a true understanding. But again, it it, it does. It, it comes all down to acceptance. Well, you know, you know, going going down to what you're saying about acceptance, um, and you were you were talking about you know the church lacking in um, in youth, you know, and, and and I and I believe you know my dad, he was, you know, he was a youth pastor. He he didn't claim that title. He said youth leader, but you know most churches say youth leader is more like, you know, twenty one, almost like us as being like youth leader. Youth pastors maybe slightly older. Um, well, maybe about 25 or 24 or whatever, but, um, but you know, it, it, you're right. You know, it, it, it's, it's, it's more, I think the age of a young person, if you're, if you're a high school student, you know, and you're going to youth and, uh, and your, your youth pastor and your youth, the, the wife of the youth pastor, um, shows you so much love and leadership and guidance, but when the church doesn't, when the rest of the church doesn't show that same love, that same, you know, discipleship, that same excitement, um, you know, it, it takes more than just the youth pastor to invest in these young people's lives. You know, it, it takes right. more, you know, it, ta it takes a church, it takes a body of, of, of members to, to disciple, you know, it takes these deacons to come together and disciple these young men and the deacons wives with these young women, you know, I mean, it's, it's more, it takes more than just, you know, a youth pastor, you know, the youth pastor can only keep them in church and teach them and guide them. But, but for the acceptance part, you know, that, that, that comes from the entire church. And I think, and I, you know, I agree a hundred percent. I think that's where our churches lack is that, you know, these these young youth kids when they get out of youth groups and they start going to regular church they don't see that kind of investment in their lives they don't see that kind of the same love that the youth pastor and his wife gave to them 
And and I think that's where they tend to quit coming out of church. You know, it's uh mm-hmm. you know, and, and this is this is just speaking from experience, you know, and you know, and, and you were talking about acceptance also, you know, and going back to the games, um and being accepted, um you know, a game, it's interesting because you know, they'll 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 have your back. They'll protect you no matter what. They have your side, you know. Um, if someone beats you up, hey man, you know, next time we'll all four of us will go beat him up, you know. So there's 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 a family like structure in a game. And uh, right. it's ruthless, it's a it's a horrible, but um, but I believe that's that's an example of how the devil gets people out of church. They get involved in gangs because that's the only kind of acceptance these young people get involved. Um that the, that that they're that they're shown, you know, that they're led to believe. Um and I believe if the church would come together and invest more in like college age students, you know, have a young adult class and and just invest in these young people uh, mm-hmm. past a youth group because it seems like it seems like there's a youth group and that everyone just goes to the big church. And I, you know, I'm a big believer in everyone going to the sanctuary. I really am. But mm-hmm. I also believe that, you know, every age group needs a teacher. They need their own class. Right. They know? need, you know, if you don't mind here, uh, you know, I was just thinking, you know, going back to the gangs and, and what we've been talking about here. uh it, about how you said it's like a family, you know, most yeah. of these young people who come to church, they're looking for family because their family is broken. Oh, that's so true, Caleb. You know, that the, the, all they want is love, you know, and that's why you see even, you know, they go to gangs because, you know, they're looking for father figures mm-hmm. and the gangs, you know, they, 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 their leaders represent like that strong father figure type. You know, we'll protect you. We'll love you. you know, mm-hmm. You're part of it. You're in it, you know. But, you know, again, you know, they, they coded, you know, that's why we lose a lot of young people in church, too, is because, well, one, acceptance, but two, family. You know, yeah. we don't make them feel like family anymore. You know, church doesn't have that whole family mentality, you mm-hmm. know, because we are, we are brothers and sisters in Christ. <clears throat> that's right. You know, and we are not, and scripture even, even said, I can't remember the verse off the top of my head, but you know, it, it talks about how we're to love any and everyone, right? You know, whether they're sinner or they're, you know, they're saved, you know, and you are to love them. And, you know, again, it goes down to even, you know, uh, the, the, this quote's not original with me, but love the sinner, hate the sin. That's right. Yeah. You know, we don't, you know, as Christians, as, as people, you know, who will go to church and who, um, you know, we're, we're saved, we're, we're Christians, you know, we, we ought to not hate uh, just the, the person who's committing the sin. Right. You know, <clears throat> we are quick to judge as a church, you know, uh, over and over. I've, I've invited uh, people to church, um, young people and even even adults. And they've said we've had bad experiences with church, you know, where the church has like said mean things to them, um, has been just rude, not loving, you know, and it goes down to a youth group even, you know, that they come in and yeah, the youth pastor can be 
loving and, and, and caring for them. But I mean, they're looking for love family through the, their peers, you know, the other teenagers and, you know, the other teenagers can be harsh as well. You know, I had a similar incident in my youth group. Um, We had a a little disagreement between one teenager with another, and they both never came back to the youth group. Oh no. Because one didn't want to come back because the other one was there. And the other one didn't want to come back because the other one was there. So, you know, again, you know, you have scuffles like that all the time, mm. you know, as a, as a, if you're a youth di- pastor, director, anything like that, you know, you, you that's kind of one thing you got to understand. You're going to have uh, scuffles, you know, uh, but to love them and to mentor them uh, separately, you know, help them figure out their struggles because they may come from a broken home. They may not have a father. They may not have a mother, you know, and that's where the mentoring comes in, you know, where you got to you know, uh, get with the church and the church has got to get with those, those young people um, and just maybe incorporating them into the church service. Yeah. You know, I don't know how, you know, that's up to the pastor, but you know, you just got to, you know, bring them in and you got to just show them the love of God. And that's where the church kind of fails, you know, a little bit today and especially youth groups. Um, We're all about trying to bring in numbers and instead of growing the numbers that we have and letting the Lord bring him, bring in the teenagers, you know, we're trying to get the next best thing, you know, in youth group to draw in numbers. Yeah. You know, I, I, we, I totally we lose them spiritually. Yeah. Yeah, we do. You know, you know, going to that, that point of, you know, you're talking about discipling in the church, kind of taking on and mentoring them. You know, I've always had the idea of, you know, after youth youth group, you know, once they kind of graduate to youth group and then may possibly go into like college and career, if there's not a college and career, or whatever, you know, you could form one, you could, you know, uh, start one or whatever. But, you know, another thing is, you know, t- discipling them to teach, to preach the gospel. Like you said in the beginning, you know, we're all called to preach. Not all of us mm-hmm. are called to pastor because, uh, you know, the pastorship, you know, those are chosen men of God. Those are those are a a very select few uh, men that are chosen to be preachers and pastors. But as a Christian, we're all called to preach, and and I believe that we should encourage these young men to um to to start teaching, to start preaching the word of God. You know, it seems like you know only the the youth leaders' kid or the youth pastors' kids and the preachers' kids they're the ones that end up preaching and teaching. But that's not always the case. Mm-mm. excuse me but um we need to teach these young people you know we would have my dad he would he would have the young men every now and then get do a devotional uh how our church worked was in the mornings when everyone gets together we all meet in the sanctuary we'd have one song a devotional and then we'd be dismissed to our classes and the devotional was no more than 15 minutes so or 10 minutes so pretty much Church started at 945, dismissed our classes by 10, you know, and dad mm-hmm. started getting like people like Saul, uh, people like Devin, Anthony, you know, all them, you know, uh, coming up to the pulpit and actually bringing a message. And dad would teach them how to how to build a sermon, how to build a lesson. And, you know, I remember in the youth group going through that, like how to build, how to teach the word of God. I remember. You know, we were, we were taught how to dissect a Bible verse, 
we're taught, you know, the, um, the, uh, you know, you have your, your point one, point two, point three in conclusion, you know, and, and it, it could be 45 minutes. It could be an hour. It could be, you know, 10 minutes. Sometimes it was even five minutes. Uh, of course, some of those guys, they up, they were up there, they read their Bible verse and they walked back down. <laughs> they just, they lost <laughs> all their, their train of thought, but it was okay because yeah. they were getting used. They were almost taking on responsibility in the church. And, mm-hmm. um, and it seems like the, the way our churches are today is after, after youth, there's literally nothing. You just come to church and you sit and you don't do anything, you know, you know, mm-hmm. it's, I, I hate to put it this way, but you know, you know, you have your education in your, in your young, your, your, your young life. And then mm-hmm. eventually you do this education to get a job, you know, right. After all this training, you get a job. And I think that in our churches, you know, there are people, our churches are not finding jobs for these young people. And because of that, they're not investing. They're not, being family-like they're they're being pulled towards the world and like you said you know they've they they turn to tiktok because people praise them it's all about them me 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 it's very uplifting to them they turn to gangs because it's a family like they look for that father figure and like you said you know most kids that come to youth group they're, they're not all church members kids you know, nope. I mean, <laughs> you and I both know you get some pretty rough ones. You get there. some pretty rough ones. You do. That's OK. <laughs> it is OK. It is OK, because you know what? To, it doesn't matter what they've done or who or what they've done before or who they are. The, what matters is they're in church. They're here. So right there is an opportunity for the church to invest in that young person's life. And I promise you, and I, you know, I talk about this on the show. If someone would just spend five minutes talking to someone, they'd probably come back. And once mm-hmm. they keep coming back and keep coming back and keep coming back, I mean, they just, then they, then, then, then they become part of the church, you know? Mm-hmm. And just because their family isn't involved in church doesn't mean that that young man or that young woman's future family won't be. Mm-hmm. I think our churches are just so dismissive these days of the yeah. of the young gen of the next generation, you know, because you know I've, mm-hmm. I've been talking to everybody and you know a lot of people and you know you and I both know there's there's a lot of old folks in our churches and there's not a whole lot of young people anymore. So you know I I, I don't mean to sound terrible or horrible about this, but imagine if. In our churches, those who are listening on the podcast right now, imagine if everybody 65 older vanished, if they just died or they're just gone, how many people would be left in your church? I mean, I can tell you, I can tell you this, Caleb, you know, there would be one, two, three, there would be four families and actually it'd be one, two, three, four five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. There'll be 12 people in our church. And there's that, we run about 85. Mm-hmm. There would be, uh, but the age of 65 plus, if they all just, just disappeared out of nowhere, there'd be 12 in my church alone. 
you know, I can't imagine what other churches would be like. And those, and not, not all of those are adults. Those are kids, too. There'd mm-hmm. be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight adults. There'd be eight adults. Yeah. And that's that's a scary thing to think about. You know, where who's gonna who's gonna take on the torch? You know? Right. And and you know, you know, Caleb, the big question isn't maybe you have an answer, but um how do we get these kids in church? It's one thing to for them to grow up in church and they're just in church. They've been in church their whole lives. But how do you get a young person that's that comes from that broken family that that doesn't have that home? How do they how do you how do you reach them? How do you get them to come to church? Huh, that is a good question. <laughs> and it's not so easily answered. It's not, is it? If you if you think about it, I mean honestly, without bribing your teenagers. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah. The know, ones that are there. <laughs> I'll give you 15 you can, bucks for everyone who brings a right? kid. <laughs> exactly. And then you'd have a loaded youth group for one day. Right. Um, <laughs> and out of pocket, no money. Right? You're actually yeah. in debt. <laughs> you owe these kids money. <laughs> yeah. Folks listening. Don't do that. Yeah. It's not a good, <laughs> um, not a good one. Don't bribe people to church. That, that's not one way to do it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and it, I mean, because you have to, you, you can't do it how the old way was, you know, that just Most doesn't, certainly. right. You, you can't, I mean, so don't get me wrong here. Let me explain what I'm saying when I say that. Yeah. So whenever you go out and you can hand out flyers, you can uh, do mass mail outs. Um, you may see one, two, maybe four teenagers come out of that, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, in a bigger place, maybe more. Yeah. Um, but you're not going to see much come out of that. Um, you have to go door to door. And even then, that's kind of rough. Um, so you have to kind of modernize your youth group a little bit. Uh, I wouldn't go as to say as far as get a bunch of TVs and Xboxes and loud music. Um because <laughs> then that just becomes a distraction. Exactly. Um, I you know, know you got, I know you got to stay biblical. You know what I mean? Right, right. You can't. I don't think the way to do it is bring the world in. I don't think that's right, the way to do correct. it. Because I don't think no. God can bless if that's the case. Uh-huh. You know, you start bringing in movies, right. you start bringing in video games and, you know, sports, you know, you know, on the TV and all that stuff. Uh, I, yeah. I, I don't yeah. think that's, I don't think. I think you could get kids in, but I think that, that I think that's how these mega church does it, and I don't think that's the way God intended uh, right. youth ministry to be. Right. Well, and see, so when we say that we shouldn't have TVs, you know, like games and stuff like that, like in the actual classroom itself. Right. Um, right. Again, yeah. I mean, you'll you'll you uh, with your youth group, you 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 understand that. Uh, Whatever you do, you like uh, youth uh, youth night, you know, yeah. at your church, you know, just pick a Saturday or something and you do that. Then, yeah, yeah. Bring the games, you know, I mean, fully loaded. Go for it all mm-hmm. out if you can. Yeah. You know, that's fun. Like Madden uh, and maybe some kind of right. sports games. Or... I don't suggest go out all out on Mountain Dew because then you'll lose a few teens. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> and your, your sanity. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. <laughs> but, uh, you know. We, uh, but yeah, yeah, do that. But in our youth group, we, I have designed a, uh, 
a, uh, a game room uh, specifically for the teenagers to play before and after uh, class. Yeah. Um, you know, we got foosball, we've got air hockey, we've got ping pong, we've right. got pool. Um, they can just go in there, hang out, fellowship with each other, laugh, play, have a good time. Um, we have another section with a couple couches uh, in the back that uh, we have a couple tables where you can play cards, connect four, checkers, stuff like that, board games. Um, and then whenever it's time to, for service, you know, we put all games, all phones, everything aside and we focus on God's word. Right. You know, and I think that's how it is. You know, sometimes today, um, I know in some youth curriculum, the curriculum I was using, you know, they they were constantly saying, pull out your phone and take a selfie during class, you know, really? and then post it and stuff like that. You know, I mean, it was it was a little <laughs> A little different, you know, I, I mean, I used it, but we didn't use uh, all of the the uh, little gimmicks in the book. Right. Um, but, you know, again, it's focused on God's word and that's where it, the foundation needs to be. Uh, they don't get it at home. Most of them don't, um, you know, and of course they won't get it at school. And so and some of them are just searching, you know, they're like, what, what do I do? Where do I go? You know, how do I know this? How do I understand this? And, you know, again, the the truth is in God's word. And that's where you'll find all your answers. Yeah. You know, yeah. that that's what needs to be key. Um, but yet you can't, you know, do it the old fashioned way where, uh, you know, where you're just straight up preaching. You yeah. Know I mean, that's that's good. You can do that, you know, and that that's that's excellent. You know, if you do that in your church, that's awesome. But you need to incorporate some, just some, a little more high energy. Right. You know, they're not going to just sit there and come back just for, you know, a preaching service. Well, you know, we're working, yeah. we're working with a different kind of field, you know, I mean, yeah. because, and this is what I've been talking about, you know, the, the church of the sixties, you know, the churches that were established and everything, and they took over in the sixties, you know, the church, it seems like churches are still trying to do what they did in the sixties to do today and, and mm -hmm. say, this is the way it's been. And it's always been, this is biblical. This way it should be. Well, you know, I just believe that, you know, it worked for them. Our, the, let's say our grandparents generation, the way they structured church, the way they got youth in, it worked for them back in those days, but it's just not working in this generation. You know, we've, we've, I hate to say it, but it's, it's true. We have to offer them something, you right, know, right. people, unlike this you generation, said, people, they're just these kids today. They're not those who are come for those broken homes and all they, all they look for is more of just entertainment to get them in. You got to do something. And, and exactly. I, and I, I totally understand, uh, no video games. You know, I, I totally get that. I totally get, you know, none of, nothing of that nature. But having foosball, hockey tables, volleyball, basketball, football, uh, tetherball, whatever, you know, you can offer them something. And, you know, and, and I'm not I'm not even against a movie night as long as it's appropriate. Like and it doesn't ha always have to be a Christian movie, you know, and then this may well, some people may think I'm liberal, but I don't see nothing wrong with people coming in and watching like Nemo, you know, some kind of, you know, just a fun movie or or anything of right. that nature, you know. There's, there's, there comes a time where th these kids need to bond. 
You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't, it's just, it's just not going to work today where everyone comes in nicely dressed. The girls are in skirts, the boys are in suits and ties. Um, I mean, you can, you know, there's in the beginning stages, I think, you know, there's a development. They start with the milk and then eventually go to the bread, then the meat, you know, they, they Mm -hmm. grow in Christ. And, uh, but in the beginning, I believe, you know, you got to have some kind of entertainment. You got to offer them something just to get them in the door. And then them being surrounded by good, positive Christian young people like themselves um, can really change their lives. And and I think that's the biggest struggle with our churches today is that the older generation, you know, of the churches, they do not want stuff like foosball or, or tetherball or, or anything like that in the church. They, they strictly just want these kids to come to church, sit down with their Bible, study the word of God and go home. I mean, almost like a very, like a border school, boarding school, you know, very structured, very serious. Um, and, but, but I, I'm a big believer in, um, in bonding. You know, because because mm-hmm. you know youth groups. You know, the, you know, you and I both know there's drama in youth groups. You and I will probably be mm-hmm. a part of it, if not cause some. <laughs> I was perfect. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Pastor's kid wasn't guilty in anything. <laughs> I hear you, but um, <laughs> but you know, I you know, I believe in bonding. I believe that these kids can get together and have a movie night. You know, I remember. When we did VBS, my parents would say, hey, we're going to have a lock-in. And everyone, all night long, we're going to stay up at the church. We're going to have games. We're going to have fun times. There's going to be pizzas, movies, all this kind of stuff. But during that time, we're also going to be working on VBS. And everyone has a part in uh, decorating something or whether it's, you know, the sanctuary or painting something to put in your classrooms and everything, you know, whatever, you know, there's, there's, everyone's got a part of it. And at the end of the night, everyone can kind of see, look, we got all this done. We had a great time. It was fun. And we had, we got a lot of work done, you know, and you could have little stuff like that, you know, little bonding nights, um, same nights with like, you know, um, uh, the church, like, you know, you know, and you know, we, we do stuff like this all the time. And, now, I didn't realize this until I got older, but, you know, we would always have lock-ins, not really lock-ins, but sometimes lock-ins, but sometimes it'd just be till midnight uh, on New Year's. You know, on New Year's, all the youth group would get together, and some of the older people of the church would get together also. We did this sometimes, at you know, depending on what church we were at. You know, um, you know everyone at the church would stay as late as they could, or at least till midnight. And uh, they stay at the church and we had party, we had games and everything. And midnight we celebrated New Year's and we all went home. Uh, what I didn't realize until I was older is that because those kids were at the church having a lock-in and, and celebrating VBS or, or, or celebrating um, Uh, New Year's, they were staying away from the temptations of the world. Like, what if their parents were out drinking? What if their parents had a big old party? Or what if there was a bunch of their school friends having a party on New Year's and there was going to be alcohol or 
or drugs or smoking or, or mm-hmm. you know, all those sinful temptations. You know, we do these fun activities, not just to spend the church's money, not just to, you know, be ridiculous or whatever, or an excuse to do something, but we are investing in these kids' lives. And sometimes we could be protecting or saving these kids from making a horrible, bad decision, you know? Right. I mean, there's, there's, there's several things that these churches can do um, that can help with youth ministry. But like you said, it's all about acceptance. It's all about family. It's all about discipleship. And um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's the big key uh, kicker in, in, in youth groups and, and just young people in the United States. I mean, in this world And, and, you know, again, you see what's going on in the, the world today you know the united states and everything you know our country and it breaks my heart you know but again they're just looking for acceptance they're looking for um you know they're just they're just joining the crowd because the crowd accepts them and that crowd is so large you know exactly and and, you know and there's not there's not very many limitations on what they can do i mean they're allowed to do anything and whatever they want however they want and say whatever they want you know, one of the biggest thing is express yourself. So that's why they get involved in these tattoos and piercings and and uh, tra- trans- transgender and, you know, all these just have these absolutely absurd things. And, and these young kids are being, you know, are, are like the like the scripture was saying, they're they're swallowed into this. You know, it's like a pit, you know, these kids mm-hmm. are just falling into these pits and, and those like like in like those verses in Proverbs. These parents were pretty much telling their son, don't go down that road. It's a pit. It's a trap, you know, and it, and there's nothing but pain down that road. And, uh, and it's so, it's there's so death. Ho- there's death. <laughs> there's just death. I'm just going to be, I mean, that's just what scripture says. It really, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. It doesn't mess around. You know, if you don't heed to the wisdom of and the instruction of the father and the mother, you know, and you, you're, you kind of fall into the enticement of the world you know again it says right there right plain as day uh, my son walk not thou in the way of them refrain thy foot from their path uh, for their feet run to evil and make haste to shed blood yeah you know and they lay wait in 18 their own blood you know they, they take on their own people you know and that that you, know, you kind of go back to the gang thing in order to get out of a gang i mean you either have to escape or sometimes some gangs won't let you out until, you know, the only way out is to die. Right. They'll kill you, you know? And it's... Yeah. And so they, they kill their own, mm-hmm. you know, the world kill, you know, they kill their own and you can play that back to the church. You have feuds and churches and, you know, you start killing your own people, you know, Christians. Oh, we, that's we so can do true. That. That's so true. We can cause so much discord over, over nothing. You know, um, yeah, the simplest things like one of the, the most famous one is picking the color of the carpet. You know, I mean, you know how and what's and you know, and we, you know, we laugh at that. And that's and it is funny. It really is. But you know what? There's really church that have split over carpet. And and I got yeah. and I got to say, man, how how childish, how how, it's sad. how ridiculous of an excuse to split. And, and honestly, that was kind of our grandparents' generation that did all that. Um, but, you know, I mean, what a, what a, 
<laughs> what a barbaric, weird excuse <laughs> to split over carpet. I mean, like, and it just goes to show you, you know, where where was the heart of the church? You know, where was you know right. where you know where what spiritual condition were they in to get to that point? What was their journey as a church? If they were a great church and everything, and then what was their journey to get to a point where literally choosing the color of carpet would completely have the have the the church doors closed? I mean, what what the? Ex- I mean, it's the exact same thing. It comes down to acceptance. You yeah. know, what brings people in? You know, our red carpet won't bring people mm-hmm. in. We got to have the newest, newfangled blue carpet. You know, and it's like, huh? Well, I wanted red carpet. <laughs> Or like that, that right, burnt right. orange, that burnt orange carpet, like. If, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> I gotta say, just, I, I mean, if the church. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna please everybody. We're gonna get rainbow carpet. There you go. Oh my. Okay, God. <laughs> you can have your color in the carpet there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but you know what, man? You know when I when I study the Bible, you know, and you know my my favorite Bible for my big my favorite Bible. Um, um, book is is timothy i love timothy but it's it's not just timothy himself but it's paul really um what a mentor paul was to timothy you know timothy he desired the work of a bishop he wanted to preach the gospel he wanted to be a pastor and to have a mentor like paul you know you know paul he taught timothy how to be an example he taught him how to you know, how to counsel younger women, um, he, uh, even widows, young widows. Um, he taught them how to, he taught them how to honor his elders. He taught them how to honor, honor his masters. I mean, there's, there's several things that Paul, Paul taught Timothy. Um, and he mentored him and showed him, you know, all these things, uh, how to be a leader how to how to get involved in church and how to you know be the young man he needs to be how to be the man he he needs to become you know i and i think i think the church our churches are lacking um mentors like paul and i understand right i understand paul was a great man and paul was a very unique individual but i just wish some of our deacons some of the men of the church would would do more than just teach a Sunday school. They would do more than just come to church and teach and take the you know pray or fill in for the pastor one day or whatnot. You know, I wish that we would have more older teachers that would mentor our youth our youth kids. Not just the youth mm-hmm. pastor, but you know, yeah, the, the deacons, the the men of the church, also investing mm-hmm. in these young people's lives. Um, yeah, I mean, the, you're right. The key thing is these kids they they want to be accepted. Um, they want to have a family like environment because they might not have it at the house. You know, they're looking mm-hmm. for that that father. Um, image and that mother-like image um that family environment is what i believe our young 
youth kids are, are so desperately needing and our churches are failing to do so. But, but it, but you know, it starts with the churches. The church has to change. You know, it starts with the church realizing that it may have worked the way they're conducting youth and allowing what they're allowing to happen. It worked for them, but it's not working now. And what kind of adjustments do we need to adjust to where we can get the youth of our nation back in church? It's, you know, it's, it's what we need to do. Yeah, we, I mean, it's, and honestly, it does. It comes down to the church reaching the families and the families have to change. I mean, if nothing changes at home, it's going to be harder for the teenagers. That's right. Uh, you know, uh, but again, it, it, and there's times, especially, you know, it, there was a majority of teens in my youth group. The parents never came to church. They didn't care to, um, but they came faithfully, the teenager, you know, but it's harder for them to, to grasp it if they just come, right. you know, and all they, all, all they do. And I had a, and I had to work on that as a youth director um, was the outreach part, you know, reaching out to them and talking to them outside of church, you know, um, right. you know, cause they're, they're, they are people too, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, they just they need to be talked and loved and talked to and um, you know especially young teenagers you know they don't know which direction to go they really they've don't. got the world throwing all things at mm-hmm. them everything and every you know you need to be time. this you need to be that you need to do this you need exactly to do that. and it's all right, about right, you right. you 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 know and, right. and I think you know and and with and you know in scripture man I was just sitting here thinking you know uh, where it says the older women teach the younger women right. and the older men teach the younger right. men right. you know we don't have that anymore we don't and you know and and that's where we lose you know the man that's where we lose those those story and as a, a young adult uh, 25 going to be 26 years soon i love to sit down and hear older men's stories oh do- yeah absolutely and even as a kid, I loved hearing those stories. I would sit around older men. I very rarely did you find me running around with uh, when I was a teenager with other teenagers. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I did, you know, so that, I mean, it wasn't like a super rarity. Right. But most of the time I wanted to be around older, the, the, the older pastors, uh, the older men in the church, you know, listening to those that served in the military, their war stories, right. you know, Um listening to counsel and that's and i still love it because you can always gain something from that yeah because it was a different time back then mm-hmm. you know than it is now now we got all this technology um but bef- but back in the 60s and 70s and 50s i mean it was different and unique and the way that people did things the way that they taught the way that they learned was just different yeah you know? and, and, and you know it, that that's such important because you know we back then there wasn't no one had really cell phones you know i mean nobody could just get on the phone and talk to someone like you you and i are doing right now anytime i mean if they wanted to hang out with their friends if they wanted to socialize they gathered at whether it was after school at the dairy queen or at a park or at the movie theater or at church i mean they what we're up against is these kids are 
they're they're socializing when they're not even socializing in person. They're search they're socializing. Look, I can't even say it now. Virtually, you know. I mean, they, oh yeah. There's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. I mean, there's there's all these things that these kids, the world has to offer, and that's what we're up against. And I believe we got to keep up with the times. Now, I I believe we are to preach the word of God what the word of God says. I believe we need to be conservative churches and we got to be very careful what we allow in our churches to bring people in. Um, yeah. You, you have to be very I, careful. I don't want to, I don't want our church just to be entertainment like those mega churches are because that's how they get people in. They change their music. They change their, their preaching. They change well, I don't let's leave preaching to the last thing they change. Because first of all, they 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 allow certain music to come in more liberal. They allow like like you said about the video games and and stuff and, and rap music and stuff like that. They're to come in to the church. And then eventually you gotta start watering down your preaching. And yes, that can grow numbers, but it grows zero disciples. And and Ooh, I believe yeah. a church's a church's goal is to make disciples, you know, and, 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 and I think we just need to get on the ball of, I think we need to focus. I think our number one priority in a church is focusing on the next generation because eventually this generation is going to die off. Eventually someone's got to take on the torch. Who's it going to be? I mean, I don't think 12 yeah. people can, keep a church running that was designed for 80 people to keep, to run a church. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, I'm afraid that a lot of here in the near future, if we don't change the direction of our, where our churches are going, I'm afraid that a lot of our churches are going to be closing their doors very, very soon. And we're already seeing it today. We're already seeing mm -hmm. it all over. Mm hmm. Well, yeah, it's sad, but Caleb, I appreciate it, man. We're running out of time, but Caleb, it's been an honor. It's been so much fun talking to you on the show. I'm glad you finally got to come on. Oh, me too. Thank you for uh, having me. Man. Absolutely. Well, we've been talking about this for a while. Yeah, we have. So, we have. Um, being able to do that, it, it's just been doing this has just been fun. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I want to uh, promote something uh, for you, Caleb. Uh, Caleb Shainer here. He's out of Lusk, Wyoming. He's a young preacher, young youth pastor, but he also has a uh, a business. He's starting to starting to run. Um, his business is called Freedom Sign Co. Uh, Caleb, do you want to give a little description of what you're doing there? Yes. Uh, so, <laughs> Freedom Sign Company is a company I have started. Um, it's still in the very, very, very baby stages. <laughs> um, so I don't have a lot of product going on. But if you you can follow me on Instagram. Uh, my business at, at Freedom Sign Co. Uh, 76. Uh, get on there and, and Instagram and uh, you can follow me there. You can look at the some of the signs I've done, some of the new product that is going to be coming out. I make signs. Um, custom made signs is what uh, my goal is. Um, so you design it. You put whatever saying you want on it. Send it to me and, you know, I design it for you. And uh carve it out and create it uh, one of a kind sign. Um, but, you know, with my company, Freedom, standing for the freedom of this country that God has blessed us with, 
um, you know, God, family and country is the motto for my um, for my company. You know, God first. He's the he's obviously the one who's given us the freedom, um, you know, family, family's everything. And then country. Uh, we are a company that makes everything 100 percent made in America. And so, you know, uh, but yeah, check check it out. Um, we're working on websites and trying to get this thing going. So, um, you know, hang in tight. If you want to be part of the family, uh, follow me on Instagram, uh, freedom sign co, uh, 76. So that's awesome. Caleb y'all go support him. If you can at least give him a follow, give him a thumbs up, go like his photos. And again, you know, if you wanted a photo, I mean, if you wanted a, uh, a sign, <laughs> uh, a, a custom design, uh, you can make it yourself. I can and, send you a photo too. Yeah, you can. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, if you have a sign that you want to, uh, that you would love for, maybe it's your front porch, maybe it's inside your your bathroom or your living room, or even if it's in your, you know, your garage or whatever, you know, Caleb Shaner here, he can do it. Uh, you just, uh, you come up with a design, send it to him and he'll see what he can do. Um, Caleb, do you think you could make me a sign that says, um, by the campfire with the barses, you think you could do that? I can. Sweet man, sweet. I sure can. I mean, <laughs> yeah, we'll see what we can come up with. Right, that. right. Maybe I'll have live flame shooting out of it. <laughs> Maybe some fire. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Caleb Shana, thank you for coming on the show. We appreciate it, brother. Yes, thank you for having me, man. All right, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Landon Barrios, and this is By the Campfire with the Barrios. We'll see y'all next time. Thank you.